Belling History with the Good Time Girls, a hyper-local podcast about the quirky history of Bellingham, Washington, and the fourth corner of these United States. Even though we like to keep things close to home, these stories are no less entertaining to the masses and those who find themselves, unfortunately, outside of the P&W. We are your hosts. I am Ren. And I'm Colby. (laughs) And we are co-owners of Belling History Tours, also known as the Good Time Girls. If you want to know more about our tour business, visit our website at bellinghistory.com. Uh, today's episode is called, let's just say, an interview with Chuck. Or getting ghoulish with Chuck. Getting ghosty. Any, spooky any kooks. Spooky, spooky kooky with Chuck. Chuck, do you get any you want to throw in there? Oh man, now I'm on the spot. I know, sorry. <laughs> We can always. <laughs> no, this is good. We're leaving it in. Today we're going to talk to Charles because we are super excited that he's offering ghost tours in Fairhaven again. And we want to give Chuck a chance to tell everyone a little bit about himself and, of course, the ghost tours. Yeah, so I want to jump in here real quick <laughs> because last season we had so many people coming on our Gore and Lore tours and our cemetery tours who were interested in ghosts specifically. And while we tell ghost stories and creepy history, ghosts typically don't show up on our tours. And we are not ghost hunters. We are historians. But we said, Chuck, the people want ghosts. (laughs) The people, they want the ghosts. So, Charles, you are known to us as Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) Is that okay? Okay. That's totally fine. So we met you through the original Good Time Girls, Sarah Holodnik and Marissa McGrath. Yeah, that was a while Welcome, Chuck. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yay. Yeah, so that, I guess, would be my first question, because I don't really know, how did you originally meet the original Good yeah. Girls? Yeah, I, I initially met Sarah because she was just part of the friend group that I was kind of in, and so I got to see the whole evolution with her and Marissa and kind of how it all started from, from the brainstorming to what it actually became, and, and to the hiring of, of other people, and that's where you guys came on, so... Yeah. You're an OG. You That's are kind crazy. of an official good time girl. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. I'll take yes. it. Good time yeah. guy. Good time Chuck. <laughs> Either way. Either way, it's an honor. Good time Chuck. Is good we time need Chuck. a shirt that says that. Oh, we do. Good time Chuck. I'll take put it. our logo on it, but it'll be. Yeah. Okay. But I remember meeting Chuck and just immediately just being like, yes, we're friends. <laughs> Bless you, my dear. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. So tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you end up in Bellingham? So I'm originally from Washington, and I grew up in Federal Way uh, down south till I was seven. And then my family moved out to the Cleveland, Ohio suburbs for my dad's work. And I was there until freshman year of college. And from there, we went to the Chicago area. And from there, I came back to Washington and ended up in Bellingham. So... And my grandparents have always been in Bellingham, so that was a big factor. My parents are retired out here, so grandparents no longer with us. They are in the spirit realms, if you will. So it's just my parents here now, and I had every intention of moving on and not being in Bellingham for 13 years, but here we are. (laughs) It's the curse. It is the curse, absolutely. (laughs) Or the vortex or whatever it is. It's a good curse. I like it. Yeah, so I want to, your website, you mentioned a little bit about your initiation to the paranormal world and seeing a ghost cat or something. So I was curious how you first got interested in the paranormal and, of course, a ghost cat. I want to hear about the ghost cat. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm I'm just here for the ghost cat. (laughs) As a kid, I was always interested in the weird stuff, like from witches to ghosts, and I remember sightings. If you remember that TV show, it's what uh, was on before the X-Files. Yes. And the X-Files took its place, and I was so angry that we got a fiction show over a real paranormal news show. (laughs) So I was so unhappy as a kid, but uh, sightings, I loved it. That's how I got introduced to a Ouija board and all sorts of very famous ghost stories from around the world. And UFOs and Bigfoot and everything in between. But then in high school... I, I don't even remember how or when it started, but I would see this like shadow, this movement of a shadow out of the corner of my eye. It was never fully visually head on, but it was always out of the corner of my eye and it would look like something darted from room to room. And we had a dog, but he was never that nimbler spry and he was getting towards his older age too. And 
he would jump up and growl at things that weren't there. And so, like, eventually I noticed I had, like, a form of a cat, like a black cat. And so I would tell my family, like, it's just the ghost cat. Mm-hmm. Though, of course, they're like, oh, Chuck's being weird again. <laughs> yeah. Being, Classic Chuck. Being the weird something or other out there. But I kept, I kept seeing it. And then one day I was home alone, standing in front of, I had this big mirror on my dresser. And I felt something rub up against my legs. And for a split second, I looked down and I jumped too because I was so startled because the dog wasn't near me. And I saw a figure of a black cat with its back arched, like it was rubbing against my legs. And from then, like I, I would still see it dart around, but it was the only time that I ever really had like a encounter where I could say I was touched or anything like that. But it was so weird and so quick, too, that it really makes you question whether it really happens or not. But I feel like that's part of the excitement of of having an experience, too, is because it it is weird and it's unknown and it catches you off your guard in that moment. And you have to really think about it afterwards. So, And funny little story on the ghost cat, too, to wrap up. When I moved to Bellingham and my mom told me uh, because I had done I started ghost hunting here in Bellingham. And randomly, after I had started uh, playing my parents some EVPs, which are the voice recordings, she came to me one night and she was like, you know, I think there was something to that ghost cat because they, when they built that house, my parents had it built completely. Um, There was a new house and I guess they had to move in a ton of dirt from outside somewhere. So my mom was like, well, maybe there was remains of a cat in there, possibly. So because we had never, ever had a cat. As a pet, so. and it was a brand new home, so yeah, yeah where did yeah. it come from? Wow. Absolutely, so yeah. So there's several things that come up, right, in that story. Mm-hmm. First of all, animals, ghosts. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about ghosts. What yeah. what do you think that they are, sort of specifically? Mm-hmm. Like, if there can be ghost animals, can like anything be a yeah, spirit? Absolutely. I I kind of see ghosts on. The energy spectrum and how that relates to our experiences i kind of see the first half is like your energy echoes or what people normally call residual hauntings and i feel like there's a lot more of that going on than we kind of realize or know about and it's just energy imprints energy stuff left behind that's not necessarily interacting with us and we have no control over how we interact with that as it just happens. Mm-hmm. Whereas you have the intelligent side of things as well. And that opens up a whole lot more possibility. And I've, I would say I've encountered from like human spirits, to animal spirits, to even nature spirits and things of that, that we can't really explain. And that whole realm of things too. So like, I, I wouldn't say that I've ever encountered anything demonic or anything like that. Right. But I, I just think it's all on the spectrum of energy. And I mean, there's good people, there's bad people. And the same right. thing go for energy, too. So I was thinking a lot about that. Like, there's, you know, sort of in the vein of the 80s and 70s, like, satanic panic stuff. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of, you know, supernatural things that were, like, from hell or yes, a demon or oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, but, like, I was like, why would it be overrepresented yeah. in the ghost world? It's never a good ghost. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Patrick Swayze. <laughs> so, one just, of the rarities, yeah. yeah. I think I feel like one of the takeaways I always try to give is that people are scarier than ghosts. A hundred times. <laughs> Hands down. That's what always. I always think with that, yes. that the creepy stairs that go down under the bank building in Fairhaven oh, yeah. and how it looks like people have like pried it up, you know? Right. And yeah, so right, I'm yeah. always like I'd be scared, you know. I'd be more scared. Who's, who's like down lurking in there <laughs> human wise? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always p- picture that most ghosts are just very like mundane. Yeah. <laughs> Not malevolent or yeah. anything like that. Well, and honestly, I think that's part of the charm of the ghosts in the Sycamore is that they like the excitement of all the drunk people from mm-hmm. the Black Cat to Mambo Italiano to like all the just business and the or the mm-hmm. excitement in the stores and things like that. that it, there's yeah. there's always something going yeah. on there. But alcohol fuels a lot. Interesting. Drunk wise, or not drunk wise, ghost wise. So. <laughs> <laughs> Natural, yes. <laughs> the spirits abound. Yeah, they actually say that it's easier to have a spirit kind of take over if you're drunk because you there's theory energy. Yeah, yeah. Energetically, like you're kind of out of your body when when you're drunk, so you're a little bit more open to right. 
Interesting. have someone else come in there. So what about then other substances? Cause like I had an out of body experience on psychedelic mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, <laughs> there's so many possibilities and like, again, all different ranges of energy that you can experience because when people do DMT, that essentially what people have in those experiences are the really high vibe, like loving. Um, I was just talking to some friends about it this weekend and they both had really positive experiences where they're like, what's worry. And it's just like, life is beautiful experience this beautiful thing that we're in whereas yeah you have a mushroom trip and that can be the very opposite <laughs> of what you experience too so yeah i was thinking about the term ghost hunter yeah it's hunter specifically and how i mean that kind of i guess plays in back into the idea of ghosts as being something like malevolent that you need to mm. eradicate yeah. in some way or something what do you have? What's your feelings on that? I mean, as a child, I was Ghostbusters all the right. time. Right. So like, <laughs> like, oh, I had drive. everything. Don't Proton pad. Yes. Yeah. 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 Still, like, those movies are ingrained in me. Yes. Um, but, like, yeah, there's, there's a whole lot of debate from even the spiritual side of being like, don't hunt them, sort of thing. Right. Oh, like that's interesting. Just the connotation of the word hunt. So. Yeah. But also you see like the super masculine side of things too, where it's like that hunt is mm -hmm. like, as we see on TV, <laughs> what's portrayed, it's like super intensified and, and that uber masculine kind of energy. And it's like, totally. I don't know, I'm fine with the, the term ghost hunt. I mm -hmm. take right. it with a grain of salt, yeah, honestly. Sure. I mean, you are out looking for ghosts and inviting yeah. things to happen. We so. have Easter egg hunts. <laughs> yeah. Right? We're, not, right? we're not blowing them away with boozies or anything. <laughs> but yeah, I never really thought about that yeah. until recently. And then I was like, why do we say that? Yeah. I, you know, you pointing that out, that those ghost hunter shows are very masculine what, why is that? Because yeah. we talk about spiritualism a lot, and that was believed that only women could communicate yeah. with the spirits, right? So how do we do this flip-flop of, like, well, I think we that's, female yeah. led? And why did the Ghostbusters, the Ghostbusters was it Ghostbusters 3 with the women, yeah. why did that get such a big blowback? Because yeah. yeah. misogyny, I know. Yeah. Thanks, patriarchy. Yeah, there's... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Amy Bruni, I want to say, she was on Ghost Hunters. She and... I don't know if they're still doing it because I'm very out of the loop on mm. the pop culture things and what's out there right now. But her and um, another homosexual, which, again, very rare for the ghost hunting world mm -hmm. on TV, they were kind of doing their own thing, which I was really happy to oh, see. Yeah, yeah. Kind of be that representation for people as well. Yeah. Because, yeah, I remember even when, like, openly gay people were still on the ghost hunting shows, they still had to fit that more masculine yeah. experience of yeah. everything. And it's just like, you can be like, hey, girl, hey, <laughs> yeah. talk to the ghost if you want. <laughs> so. All right. <laughs> There's gay ghosts, too. Yeah. I guarantee you. Yeah. It's, it's such an interesting world, mm -hmm. too. So I, I've really pulled, I'm not going to lie, I pulled back from the ghost hunting world because of just a lot of, a lot of the extremists out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's many ghost hunters I've run into where I'm like, no, we, we, you and I are not continuing mm -hmm. on in this investigation because we oh, differ very so much. much. Yeah. There's, there's one guy that straight up went into this guy's house and was like, you need to start wearing black obsidian because there's demons attached to you. Oh, goodness. It's like, whoa. Oh, okay. Whoa. And yeah. then also because another good point um, is that mental illness and ghosts, that's a very fine line that, again, yeah. we don't know and, and a lot going on with that, too. That I just had this huge conversation oh, yeah. with my daughter while we were up in Vancouver mm -hmm. and we were staying in this hotel room. And so she was talking about when she had stayed in a hotel and had a ghost experience. Yeah. And, and then we started just talking about like, my mom's house and you know right. my mom my whole life told my children that her house was haunted by a ghost named sarah and all this stuff and i was always just like oh god mom you know like why are you scaring my children you know <laughs> and, yeah. and i grew up in that house i never had any real you know nothing that yeah. i could recall and i remember as a child wanting there to be right. ghosts and things and really like trying hard <laughs> to make that happen but you know, I, my mom didn't tell me those stories as a child, but I feel like mm. when my mom hit perimenopause, she kind of like went into a weird 
space. Mm-hmm. And Izzy and I were talking about this. We were like, I think my mom is haunted. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's possible. I mean, like as a person. Yeah. And I think it's something about the energy. Yeah. And, the, and then that energy is in that house. And if, you, if you're constantly matching and feeding that energy with each other. Yeah. Because I think people don't understand how much when it comes to energy dynamics, like any of that fear, if, if it is something more negatively perceived, it's just going to match it and amplify that. Mm-hmm. So like if you want to actually clear a space, like go completely opposite emotionally to feel, to charge up. Right. And because if you think about also people, like what is our energy? Right. It's our emotions. Yeah. And like that is what we have within our power to adjust and be aware of and be our frequency in a lot of ways. And so you just got to be aware of that if you don't want something to haunt you, mm-hmm. change your frequency. Yeah. yeah. Essentially. So. Yeah, I always think I'm just like, I'm cursed with too much pragmatism or something that like goes, <laughs> never been <laughs> eager to you know, manifest themselves to me or anything like that. But I do totally feel like there's energy, you know, I'm not above Mm. (laughs) cleansing a space or something like that. Um, I definitely feel like that is a thing. And I've done that. Mm -hmm. And there's different ways that we perceive too. So you may be more like intuitive empath psychic. Like that's what I would say I am compared to medium psychic. Like, I don't sit here and necessarily communicate back and forth with spirits in the way that mediums do, whereas, like, I get more of emotional impressions and imprints and stuff like that that kind of come through. So even when how I read, like, it's all, again, all through symbols and stuff like that, too. So, yeah, 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 because you do, you do tarot readings Mm -hmm. and aura readings. I can do aura. So essentially tarot and clairvoyant readings Mm -hmm. are what I do. And the clairvoyant essentially gives you just the wider scope of like the tarot, I would say a little bit more narrow with having this specific images to kind of direct you. Clairvoyance is a little bit more open to what could possibly come up and Mm -hmm. what you could ask about and things like that. Yeah. Do you combine the two or do you? I have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I, I realized that when I do, tarot readings in general i was tapping into that without even realizing it. yeah oh so that's always yeah. the vibe i've gotten from your tarot I, I i remember when you were learning more about their, your clairvoyant side yeah. and um and doing that but i had always gotten tarot before you had kind of ventured into that so that's really exciting yeah but i but that is to say i always was like like there's something about you like you just Yes, spoiler alert, we love Chuck's tarot readings. (laughs) (laughs) This goes without saying, but no, you've just always, and I've seen people come away with that feeling too, just like there's something special about that without being forced at all. You're just, just, oh man, yeah, no, I can't say that. That means a lot. Honestly, I mean, you know, having spent a lot of time in therapy (laughs) as well, I feel like it's very similar. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. It's just For the sure. same kind of way of being introspective about yourself and your life. Yeah. And well, I think, too, with, with the clairvoyant readings, it really kind of forced me to look at, like, what are readings and how mm-hmm. do they work and what is happening behind them? Because at first when I did tarot for many years, I was like, I have no clue. It's just, is it my spirit guide telling me what's up right. or mm-hmm. is it this outside force? But no, it's actually just always a reflective. Right. Because especially with tarot, so many times people will be like, well, I already know that. I'm like, yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> like, that's why we're doing this. Yes. <laughs> because it may just confirm what you already know, but that's also, you you want that information reflected back to oh, yeah. you to confirm what's going on. That so, yeah. and, and to be able to see things in a different way so you can make those future decisions. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, and then you have somebody as sweet and gentle and empathetic as Chuck. And then just cherry on top just oh. the best <laughs> sorry okay i'll stop making you blush <laughs> what else you got Colby? oh goodness i have a whole list of ghost tropes but i think most a lot of them are just tropes but i, I find them really interesting that's all right we can yeah. go through them what you got um what about the ghost that doesn't know it's a ghost do you know sometimes mm-hmm. in a movie there's like six cents yeah, or something. Oh, like that. yeah, yeah. Like a little yeah. Bruce Willis ghost action. I mean, I I guess I've I've heard that as a thing 
mostly on TV. Right. This is <laughs> definitely just a... Well, we get a lot of our ideas yeah. about ghosts, I think, from our media Absolutely. portrayals of them. <laughs> yeah. I... Actually, I will say that I've encountered people that I found to be stuck a little mm-hmm. bit, and sometimes they just need a little nudge or a little, like, hey, you're stuck in a rut sort of thing. Or, like, yeah. if you think about it, even with us, like, when you get an anxiety loop in your mind, uh-huh. or if you wake up in the middle of the night over some stupid dream and you can't shake that dream, like, it becomes really hard. And then when you fully wake up, you're like, that was so stupid. Yeah. Like, I can't believe that I was stuck in that. I, I think it's kind of like that too. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think it's just, cause again, if it goes back to our, our own energy and kind of that being a reflection, if, if you are stuck in that, I don't know what to do or even kind of being down on yourself for whatever reason, I think you can get kind of stuck, but that doesn't mean you can't get unstuck mm-hmm. as well. It's not ghost hunting, it's ghost therapy. Essentially, I mean, (laughs) you're not wrong in some ways. And I think that's even something to to acknowledge and recognize that if you go into a space trying to intentionally clear it or, or do that as well, I think to have some care and attention and awareness to that you could possibly be dealing with some intelligent something or other. Mm. And so I think just be respectful. And right. I mean, even even when we say after investigations, when you go home, like, this is my, you create boundaries. This is my space. You're not welcome in. Mm. And I've had things observe that. Even, like, my scariest story ever, it, they still respected my boundaries. Mm. And it's bizarre, but it works. Mm-hmm. And so I think as long as we kind of set that and we have that awareness and respect towards that even just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not there doesn't mean it's not an awareness of something i guess yeah so just travel respectfully right i mean you might talk about this on your you know upcoming classes and talks and things but what was the scariest yeah i'll actually share this because i'm not going to be putting it on the fairhaven tour okay um so i'm happy to share this one (laughs) let's see so this was this was down in Cedra Woolley back when I was with Boo. We had gotten a call from a family in Cedra Woolley that lived up against the graveyard. And their little boy, I think, was waking up in the middle of the night and like they thought he would be throwing like toys against their bedroom wall. They'd go in and check on him. Everything would be totally fine, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so we went to investigate it, and not much was happening. But then things started to get a little bit weird. Like, we started to see the shadow figures and stuff like that. Mm. And the first time, I brought a track jacket with me, and I left it in my car. And I carpooled with others down there. And I remember feeling this really weird feeling in my stomach as we were walking around the outside of the house. And it was just kind of this hard-to-shake feeling. So we can wrap up nothing crazy happens we go back to our cars i leave my jacket in my car for the next day i knew i was going to go meet friends that next day rolls around i went to a movie with friends and then i went to grab my jacket and it was soaking wet and i was like well that's weird and so i didn't think anything of it and just went about but then after i got back into my car after the movie i started searching around because it had rained i was like well shit something in my car is probably leaking or something like that and i couldn't place it anywhere so then i started thinking about to the night before where one of the stories i told during the investigation was at the time i was working at jc penny and people love to gather up the clearance clothes and pee on them and so (laughs) what oh jc why i don't know (laughs) but (laughs) just what you do to clearance apparently (laughs) and so fetish we are learning so many things today (laughs) oh my god people (laughs) yeah so is is it rather weird that then my coat got randomly soaked for some reason for for no reason that we could find at all so weird and so that was part one sorry this is a long story oh and uh so part two um where things got even crazier we went back to that house it was just sherry elena and myself and at first well, anytime Elena would be like, hey, go out, check out this spot, it would usually be because something feels really weird or mm. she wants me to get a deeper impression of something. And I went into, I think it was the bedroom, and I sat down and I immediately felt this heaviness, like I was going to start crying out of nowhere. Mm. And so 
I, I felt it for a little bit, couldn't shake it. I went to talk to her and like we confirmed that that's what we both felt. We were seeing shadow figures again, but this time I could not shake that weird feeling at all. And even on the way home, I was nearly about to text my friends being like, hey, can someone come spend the night at my place? Because I just don't feel good. And I've never, ever felt like that on any investigation in my life. And then shortly after I'm debating this, Elena turns around to me and she's like, I think something's attached to you. And I, I didn't say a single word to them about how I was feeling. And I was just like, oh, shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> they and felt so, it too. Yeah, wow. they, they were very, very aware. And so once I got out of the car, they said the air cleared immediately. And because I knew it was with me. And so I sat outside my home for a good half an hour being like, you cannot come in. This is my space. You are not welcome here. And at the time, I lived in a duplex uh or it was a house split into two apartments. I was upstairs. My roommate was out of town and the downstairs was vacant. So I knew no one was in there. And so it was just me in this entire building. And I finally crawled into bed. And as soon as I crawled into bed and got settled in, I started hearing this banging, like right below me, like someone was striking the walls with their hands, like literally right below me. So it stayed out of my space. Like I said, it respected those boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> but just kind of went around them. Oh, God. Then, yeah, it, it hung around to the next day, too. And even when I left my house, I felt like it was right there with me. Oh, my gosh. And I, it took another good half an hour to shake off mm -hmm. like before I finally felt it gone. Wow. And I would say, like, that was one of the times I would say it was probably some, like, unknown nature, something mm -hmm. or other spirit. It didn't feel human at all like i i don't know what it was but it was something different that i had not encountered before interesting but again i wouldn't say demonic or like right. i wasn't harmed it's just this heaviness yeah 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 huh so that's fascinating oh my yeah. gosh that's interesting <laughs> yes thank you for sharing <laughs> yeah. that with us dang that is wild yeah oh my goodness Okay, this is really funny because I was literally downtown today, like in my car going to the bank, and somebody was crossing the street, up, like a block up, and they were wearing like a white trench coat. Mm. And I just like for a second saw it as, you know, the classic white sheet yeah. ghost across yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. the intersection. And I just like did a double take yeah. and then started laughing. But like, I was like, why do, why do we have ghosts in white sheets? And actually, I did Google this, and it was because of burial shrouds. Oh. Oh, interesting. Ooh. Interesting. I did not know that I myself, know. actually, even right? with my ghost history. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm being a history nerd that I am. I was really excited That's about that. Fascinating. Yeah, huh. I do remember, like, the first first account of ghost story, I think, is from ancient Greece. Um, with Athena Doris was Ooh. the name, maybe. And I think that was... The first, like, kind of revengeful or like coming back, mm -hmm. coming back to Chelsea. Ghost story. Yeah. Yeah. Ghost story. So, because yeah, that's a very common trope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Cool. Yeah. And then the idea of like how ghosts appear in general, like, either they're kind of invisible if they show up <laughs> visually or shadowy or transparent or something like that. Yeah. I, I've never seen a human full body apparition like people have talked about. I've mm -hmm. seen shadow figures aplenty. Mm -hmm. I would say the ghost cat was probably like the closest full apparition that I've seen. Um, but I've seen plenty of orbs in the sycamore one time. The only real physical thing I've seen there was a basketball sized white orb that went through from the third floor, middle of the third floor out into the courtyard space and just disappeared Whoa. and i i want to say i have an evp that matches it that i want to try and dig to find i don't want to say anything about it yet in case i can't <laughs> yeah but um it's going to be pretty cool if if i can and i'll definitely be using it on the tours mm. as well with that story oh my gosh so, so cool great. but that that multiple people saw Whoa. during the investigation and that that was wild neat oh my god i would pee my pants yeah. <laughs> and i mean again it happens so quickly but like you know you're seeing it yeah and it's just and other people too like, yeah wow. yeah there were like three or four of us that saw it when you're doing this are the were the lights out or like lights were on all, oh. all the time the in sycamore time. yep yeah we never had control over that which is also kind of nice because then yeah. it's like your training space for new people as uh -huh. well so it's yeah. a little less spooky 
I mean, even when you're in there with a group of people and you hear the ice machine go off, that's scary enough. Yeah. To to freak you out. Yeah. That building freaks me out a little bit when it's like open for the day. I'll bring people in there. I'm like, oh, okay, goodness. Oh, I just have a question you can answer or not. And maybe you'll talk about it on your tours. But in Sycamore, I and other people, when we all take tours up to the top floors and people and I will feel this very, very prominent sense of like vertigo or like kind Mm. of I don't even like to go up there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I will say from the skeptic point of view that the floors are very uneven there. Yes. Which that that contributes as someone with scoliosis and a crooked back already, like with your balance. So, I mean, naturally up there, even I don't like to be near the railing because of that. But, but I think it's a combination of that and it's just a very high energy. Yeah. And I I kind of feel like there, too, that the energy almost kind of gets pushed up, up. Yeah. in a way yeah. and depending like they it's almost like they choose when they come down and play with you so it, it's super interesting <laughs> have you so ever cool. gotten to go up in the widow's walk yes. people always ask about those i have once um it's so boring up there yeah. <laughs> there's nothing like exciting storage it's just pure junk you can't even walk around oh, fully because no. they i think they even just have some like planks around there so wow. you can't oh, even yeah, yeah no. get up it's not what you think it is right up right there. it's not yeah. just like a cool lookout yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all peaceful there's a chair in the window no. <laughs> but one of the things that people say the most is that people feel like there's always someone peering over from up top Ooh. and like they're being watched from up top so Ooh. yeah <laughs> and i don't know if it's just that mystery space because yeah, yeah. you can't get up there right or Sure. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah, and taking all that into account. I think that's an interesting point that you take into account, and that when I talk about Chuck as the ghost hunter, my friend Chuck, who hunts ghosts, but it's not like you think it, like there's just this, <laughs> the, the, and again, going back to that like energetic vibe, it's not this like, oh, everything is exciting. It's like you're taking all of these things into account about human nature, yes. about the energy of the space, yes. and I think that is super um, cool. So Sycamore Square, I guess we maybe should explain that, what it is. Yeah, I, I realized we just started talking about Sycamore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think, yeah, I know, since we're, like, appealing we to the masses, as we, as we said. <laughs> those, unfortunately, outside the P&W. Yeah, what is Sycamore Square, Colby? You want to describe well, it? Well, Sycamore Square is, that's the current name of a building in Fairhaven, which is our Bellingham Southside neighborhood, which is our haunted hot spot. Um, and it used to be its own town called Fairhaven. And the Sycamore Square was originally called the Mason Building. So that was built by an investor, Mr. Mason from Tacoma and other people. But his name got put on the building. And that was in 1890 during the railroad boom period, which is sort of when most of Fairhaven's brick buildings that survive are from. Mm -hmm. So and it's just a really cool building because it's kind of like it's like a weird Victorian mall or something like you go in. And there's several stories. I think there's three there's plus four. mezzanine, yeah. right? Yeah. So four. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and that's kind of confusing depending on how you count it. But I realized one's technically a mezzanine. Ooh, but okay, um, well. But right yeah, then. it's just with like <laughs> shops <laughs> all around the yes. edges and, and cool stairways. staircases all yeah. around. Yeah. yeah, and these light wells, that's what we were talking about with the Widow's Walk. So they're basically big skylights to let in light from the top into the interior. And then all the shops, you know, face the interior and they have windows and doors right. all around brothel style. <laughs> brothel style there there's no funny business going on but that's just how all the old buildings were built because electricity didn't there wasn't any <laughs> at first <laughs> so to get light in there <clears throat> but it is used has been used by ghost hunters mm-hmm. in bellingham because it is such an active spot yeah. yeah and in particular you guys so so tell us i guess let's go back to the the original i don't know what did you call it oh well it's boo it we know that boo. yeah yeah which we love that acronym so we always talk about boo <laughs> yeah. just because it, it's it funny yeah pretty much the best <laughs> see, so yeah, i tell us the history of the business i moved what to bellingham in 2009 so i started with boo in 2010 which stands for the Bellingham Observers of the Odd and Obscure. 
And that was at the time run by Sherry Mulholland, who is a medium, mm-hmm. and she no longer lives in the area. I believe she's in Florida now. I oh think. wow! Um, she just had me on Facebook not too long ago. So nice. I need, hey, to, need to catch up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but she started it, and she's what got me into the investigating and everything. And with the group, I met a woman named Elena, and we became very quick friends. And then from Boo, we started our own little thing called uh, Ghost Hunt Class. So we okay. essentially kind of took what was happening on TV and what we did investigations and gave like a little class portion, and then took people on an investigation. And so that ran on and off for about seven years, I think, um, up until our Hotel Leo was the last thing that we did together, which <laughs> lovely had you guys along for that we wild were, ride. Uh, there were a lot of spirits. Uh, mostly liquid. Mostly liquid. Yeah. Liquid. <laughs> that was an interesting event, yes. Sorry, Elena, no. by the way. Shout out to Elena. But other than that... Um, I honestly I wasn't planning on doing anything anything further with ghosts really until I heard from Miss Colby. <laughs> oh, it's like help us, Jack. Yes, the people yeah. want the ghosts. Yes, yeah, I, I had no idea <laughs> that ghosts were still in high demand. So here's my theory. Yeah. Pandemic. <laughs> oh well, yeah, true. Yeah. Kind of like the Civil War. Because <laughs> we talk about spiritualism on our tours, and that really seemed to get like hugely popular during. Like the Civil War and yeah. World War One, when people yeah. were, you know, that were very stressful. Pe- loss of life was higher than normal. So I was like, maybe it's the pandemic. Could be. I find that really interesting because I would say bef- pre-pandemic, we were actually at an oversaturation of mm. supernatural paranormal shows. Like everything was on the die down. So that's oh. why when you said that. You guys had all these questions or about ghosts. I was so surprised, mm. but that makes complete sense with the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it really kind of shifted people's interests and what they got into and what they were exposed to as well. So mm. yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. And people are thinking about the mortality. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Faces. yeah. About that. and then maybe also you know thinking about it in a new <laughs> way, a little bit more of, of an evolved way or a way where. You're a little closer to mm-hmm. death yeah. and, you know, unpredictableness, right? So yeah. there's a new perspective yeah. on it. So do you have any ghost stories, Ren? Do I have any ghost have stories ever, of my own? Yeah. I don't. I, I, don't. I actually don't. I, I wish that I did. I definitely can feel a vibe, I think, when okay. I'm in, in a certain place, but I've never, like, had a, an actual experience. Yeah. Um, although standing in front of 12th Street Shoes in the Sycamore building... I think the last time I was there doing a Gore and Lore tour, I was I had my back to the window of shoes, and I was telling the ghost stories, and this passerby just happened to stop for a minute to listen to my stop, and he was like, and then after my stop, he was like, as you were talking, as you were talking about the, the ghost in there, like one of the shoes just kind of like tipped forward Ooh. off into the bottom of the window. They definitely say that shoes get thrown around in there. I've heard that as well, because yeah. I... I... Did an aura event for for Twelfth Street Shoes. Oh, yeah, man. we we talked about all the ghosts and things and happenings there. So yeah, I yeah. fully believe it. Well, Absolutely. I didn't need to see it. I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah, next time I'm just gonna talk to the window and like, yeah. just gonna, can you hear me? <laughs> well, you know about my experience. Yeah, with the tour. Yeah, and so the like last time I had done a tour, people who worked in one of the shops up on the third floor had come on the tour, and so they were telling me all of their ghost experiences and it was just little things like we're there at night or whatever and the doorknobs turn and nobody's there or the lights flash or things like that but they had a lot of stories and then I was like wow that's really interesting and the next time I was in there doing a tour we're standing in front of their shop and I was kind of relating that I was like these ladies just came on the tour and they told us this stuff and then the lights flashed in there, even Ooh. though it was dark. Yeah. Like after yeah. hours. Oh, no, nice. It didn't look like anyone was in there, but I was like, maybe someone's in there, like, messing yeah. with I know. Me, you know? <laughs> and then, so I just kept talking, but it was dark for a while longer. But then it was like someone was taking their fingers and running them up and down the Venetian blinds How that are in the windows. Right behind where all my yeah. people are standing, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, oh, what the heck? That's so cool. And I was like, I don't know if someone's in there messing with me, but I should probably pay them to do that, because yeah. it was yeah. it is A lot of the stories from Sycamore Square that I've heard have been sort of just weird, mischievous stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, why do ghosts I feel, do that? What, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like the, the EVPs that I've gotten from there match that as well. Yeah. Like, I'm either the Cookie Monster one or he's a weirdo and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. yeah. I know. It's funny because I always think that, like, why, why is there this idea that ghosts are super scary when most of the stories people have just to me seem rather, like, silly and playful and mischievous yeah. almost? Yeah. The ghost opened all of the cupboards. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just fine. Yeah. <laughs> I just I'm curious since you just touched on Cookie Monster and um and he's a weirdo. If you haven't been podcast podcast listeners, we are <laughs> um, on our Gore and Lore tours. We share these EVPs that Chuck has graciously allowed us to share. And um, so, if you haven't been, you won't know what we're talking about. Those of you who've been, you know the Good Cookie Monster voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but can you tell us just any little extras about when those were captured or how? So, Cookie Monster, that one happened when we were doing an investigation of the Sycamore with another ghost hunting group from down in Everett mm. and I remember we were introducing ourselves to each other and that's when Cookie Monster slipped in and yep. became a <laughs> yeah, part of Chuck, it Mark, yeah. Mark, Mark. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. and actually I think he's a weirdo is actually from the same night yeah. as well because wow. um, that was towards the end of the night and the interesting thing about that one is I've never shared that I have because um, the, the recording of that one starts with, this is fun, this is fun. Like, that's very clear. Mm -hmm. But I also got that statement, this is fun, like two other times oh. earlier in the night by itself. Oh, wow. Which that's a detail I've never shared with anyone oh. before. So oh, wow. it, it made the validity of that longer whisper so much cooler. So much more. Oh, my gosh. Because it, it was an extension of what I already had. So that was super cool. That's so. Eat. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's cool. What time of night, like how did those ghost hunts work, like when you were there? Anytime we did the sycamore, we always had to wait for the black hat to close. So that was anywhere from midnight, oh, wow. anywhere up till 4 a.m. sometimes. Cool. Um, and yeah, there, there's just many, many hours. I think that's what people don't understand too. Like for all my cool stories, there's been many hours of sitting around in, in nothingness yeah, <laughs> and just waiting um, for, for something to happen. And so that's, it's cool when there is payoff, but yeah, sometimes there's nothing. As yeah. Right. Well. And, yeah. and for those, you don't know that that even happened until later. Is that right? Or Correct. You... On the recording yeah. end of things, there, there's very few that um, I have in the history where we actually heard it with our ears. And they also made it on the re on the recording, but pretty much the majority of what I have are all just on the recording that we didn't hear with our ears at the time. Mm -hmm. So, wow. so interesting. Yeah. So, cool. so we've got EVPs, which is electronic voice phenomenon. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yes. And do you record it just with any recorder? Any digital voice recorder. Uh, you want something that does not have all the modern day. Um, noise canceling stuff you you want it yeah. all that background noise you want it to come in there because mm -hmm. that's essentially what you're looking for and a lot of the the tools now will have the extra features to cut that stuff out so just be aware if you get like a digital voice recorder from from mm -hmm. best buy walmart whatever um just make sure that you kind of take off that sensitivity so it is opened up to more but you have to be very aware because coughs will sound like dog barks and like stomach noises will sound like demons. So. <laughs> I could vouch for that actually. <laughs> editing this podcast, I'm like, what the hell is that in the background? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's me. Like, stomach yeah. <laughs> something weird. So, on another note, but I was thinking it could be fun to do a ghost hunt with you if you would yeah. like with the good time girls where we yeah where we don't hurt. yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah i i need more uh, opportunities to get current evps just yeah. because yeah well i was thinking about because it ties in with this trope of that spirits stick around maybe or are trapped in or or drawn to or something a place where either they died or they mm -hmm. had some attachment to um, do you find, do you think that's true or do you think that's just sort of a weird trope? <laughs> I honestly, I think that's a weird trope. I think spirits can freely come and go as, as much as any people can. And I think that's where we see the big distinction between the residual and the like live spirits. Ah, okay, and I feel like you see a lot more of those energy echoes like Gettysburg. You mm -hmm. see so many like 
widespread reports of people seeing right. soldiers marching through the fields. Right. And so like where you have mass death, stuff like that, I think you have a lot more possibility of those strong echoes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think even with, with people too, I think we can have an effect if you have in a very abusive home that can leave an echo as well. That's not right. even ghost related, but it could still have like even right. poltergeist energy yeah. is even has been said to come from teenage girls because they have such emotion Whoa. running through them. But I mean, I don't think it's related or just specified to one gender. I mean, yeah. Yeah. teens. <laughs> the teens we the all world. got emotions. <laughs> and so I think that that's a large part of things too, and that we just don't understand or that we might think could be perceived as ghosts. A lot of UFO mm-hmm. phenomena per- is very, very similar to yeah. ghost stuff mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. So mm-hmm. it's like, how, how do you start making sense of all this when we have no answers to anything? Yeah. So. But like the Fairhaven waterfront, I've known a lot of people who had UFO sightings mm-hmm. down there, but then that was like Dead Man's Point and yeah. all this weird stuff went on down there. Yeah. Yeah, we see UFOs. I mean, I see them up here all the time. And so always towards the mountains Mm -hmm. that way. Um, So one of, because, yeah, I'm always like, some people seem to think that, you know, you want to go somewhere like the cemetery or something to try to talk to Mm. spirits. But is there like a place... Or does or is it just random? Like, does it do you? I mean, because like Sycamore Square, clearly, for some reason... Is very, lot, yeah. but it's not necessarily because people died there or anything. Yeah. That, I th- find that interesting because, I mean, I've had things happen in Bayview Cemetery, but yet I feel very, very at peace in that cemetery uh, for the most part. And even what I have had happen, I would say, is very minor other than like EVPs. I've gotten some very good EVPs from there, but I don't necessarily think that it is the spirits of those people right. there that are there with us. Mm-hmm. Because you have to remember, too, with ghost hunting, you're actively calling out for anything and everything unless you put parameters on it. So who's to say, like, that, I don't know, Mrs. Miller in the ground is going to respond to you when she could be living her best life in the afterlife right? and She's having a ball out that out way. Yeah. yeah. The time. Yeah. 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 So it almost seems like that one that I've heard from the cemetery was like a weeping woman sound yes, or something. Yes. So that made me think like it was someone that was like mourning. Absolutely. For someone and that, that could be like an energy there. echo as yeah. well. Absolutely. Yeah. From someone alive. So yeah. yeah, it's just all the possibilities we don't know. Yeah. Because I was thinking Fouts Park, mm-hmm. which was uh, historically the site of the creepy old courthouse. It looked like Hogwarts castle. It was all sandstone and creepy looking. But it was the county court and the jail. That was the major jail. So like everyone in the county was brought there. But so there was a lot of suicides in there that jail. There was a lot of just crazy stuff happened Energy. on that property. Yeah. There was hangings. Okay. Okay. Um so I always thought like and it's just a park, you yeah. know? It's just this, like, square of grass and, like, a little playground. It's so nondescript. Yeah. yeah. Most people but I always wondered there. about that. I was like, if if that, you know, idea that, but again, maybe it would be more residual stuff. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know, but it's definitely it's worth checking out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, and I find, too, that what you tend to expect to happen or what you think that you're going to be looking for, something else completely different will happen and surprise right. you. Mm. When when we did our, uh, for Ghost Hunt class, we did our five-year special event down, so I want to say Fort Casey at the mm. Barrack Houses there. Mm-hmm. Um, we stayed in there, and one of our our people on the, on the class, we did a whole overnight investigation. Um, one of the people brought the Xbox Connect camera, and what's nice about that is because it would show you where movement essentially was, oh, right. and it would show up like in stick figures. Uh, if it was like human-like movement and so what showed up for us were constantly two stick figures like having sex with each other like you would even see one go down (laughs) and like very very obvious (laughs) sexual gestures gestures (laughs) and i'd never seen anything like that you sure it wasn't just some teenagers over there behind (laughs) (laughs) wow that is so interesting yeah 
Yeah, so I'm super interested in the technology, so not knowing anything about it other than electronic voice phenomenon loosely. What other technology do you you use generally? Myself, personally, I I really just stick to my voice recorder because that seems to be my best medium of Mm. what I experience. Then also a lot of the the past investigations, I'd say in the past few years, I've been called on to do more of the psychic kind of investigation mm. versus the the physical stuff, right. mm-hmm. which is a completely different ballgame as right. when I'm working on impressions versus what we're, we're actually observing with, with our eyes and ears and things. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you don't need to get a whole expensive array of things. So you can right. get a K2 <laughs> EMF meter as well um, to find weird electromagnetic anomalies. Very simple, like 50, 60 bucks on those. Even cell phones now are getting better and better with their detecting devices and what they can pick up. So you can even do EMF detection on that now. Yeah, there's, I had some ladies come on a tour that had like an app that looked like a little radar. Yeah, yeah. There's there's like, like the ghost radar beep, things beep. that will also spit out words that are supposed mm-hmm. to give spirits energy so they can spit out words and talk to you and stuff like that. Wow. But I think at the same point, too, like, even on all the TV shows like Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures, they kind of hit a point where they were creating new devices to just do the same thing. And so you don't need to, and I mean, especially if we don't have technology that can solidly say this is this or really for surely interact that we know is what's going on, then, I mean, it's all just speculation. So we can use the tools that we do have to try to get us Mm-hmm. is close to being aware of something else is going on around us. So. Right. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. For sure. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Okay, so tell us about, like, what you're thinking next. So with with the tours, what I'd really like to do as well um, would be just kind of like a little sit-down ghost event where I talk about stories, other stories that are not Fairhaven-focused, and let people mm-hmm. ask questions and... Um, share more evidence as well because I feel like most people want to experience the ghost hunt without having to do the hours of yes. the ghost hunt. Yeah, sure. That's, that's a so, hard part. Mm. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I want to do. I also would love to teach um, more clairvoyant classes to teach other people my skills. Mm-hmm. So that way we have more people tapping into their inner inner selves and wisdoms and things like that. I was just going to say, yeah. So w- for learning that kind of thing, it's something that you can learn. Can Absolutely. Practice. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So my, my ideal right now is I've got a four week tarot class in the works for those. that just kind of want a general overview and how I see the tarot. Yeah. Um, Cause I think once you understand the stories within it, it becomes a very easy to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, it's a very daunting 78-card journey. So. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, and also, I'm, I want to do teach people how to tap into their clairvoyance, like I was saying. And I've got an eight-week introductory class there where you'd learn about your chakras and your energy system and how to do a r- energetic rose reading. Um, mm-hmm. One of the symbols that I learned how to do was reading a rose. So, like, your blossom means something, your stem means something. Your leaves mean something, and so that's how you can give like a reading without a card, essentially. So, oh, wow, yeah. that's interesting, and that again yeah. is just kind of tapping into like how to read the energy of a thing mm-hmm. or the symbolism of a thing. Absolutely. So, like, right. even if I was to read like your auras per se, I could even look at a symbol for every layer of your aura, mm-hmm. or even one symbol for your whole aura, and kind of give advice then based on that or what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so cool. And can also talk to spirit guides, past lives. I love looking at past lives. Those yeah. I've always been curious about those. I think that is what I've, honestly, I've seen that so many times repeat on The Real Housewives. Really? On Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> like, this weird past life. Oh, yeah. I was, what was it? Erica, Erica Chain said she was like a... A stowaway cabin boy on yeah. some <laughs> ship in a, in a past life. It's just so great. And they all, it's so funny. I thought, I, I actually, I went to um, Jill Miller. I love Jill, who taught me. So <laughs> yes, I, I knew that. So and much. she did psychic readings locally here, I guess, is she's not. She no longer has the center. She's just doing readings over the phone. Okay, oh, interesting. Yeah. But yeah, she did a lot of past life stuff. Yeah. But it was, mm-hmm. I actually found it interesting. And like, I, I remember going and being like, you know, if she tells me that I was like some fancy 
princess or knight in shining armor or pirate or you know yeah. of like I don't know if I would buy it but she must have gotten that about me because she told me that like we were like peasants and stuff like that and I was like okay that that tracks you know she's like girl you do not know royalty <laughs> but you know how you always hear people like think oh, they, totally. everyone was something really right. fabulous and that comes like, up that's what comes up on the real yeah. <laughs> like, or like yes I was the queen of so which Chuck oh, yeah. also teaches ballroom dance. Oh my so gosh, we forget that, that whole part of your. I see. Spirit. I see another whole genre: dancing with the spirits. Oh lord! <laughs> lord. <laughs> While smoking Why marijuana. <laughs> yes, Chuck is also a weed expert, and <laughs> and you taught classes. Uh, Meditation. I did, yes. Yeah. yeah I still want to do that with you. Yeah, anytime we Dude. can make that happen. Yeah. We were trying to explain Chuck to people, and you're like, well, he's <laughs> he works in the weed industry, and he's a ghost hunter, <laughs> and he does ballroom dance. Ballroom dance. He's a great dancer. <laughs> he's a total nut, nut yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But as you guys can hear, Chuck is very nice and down to earth. <laughs> <laughs> so i to try to keep it grounded. Yeah. <laughs> Representing the grounded oh, ballroom dancing man. psychics of the right. world. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So tell us about your tours that you're going to do. Yeah. Tell so the people. We will be <laughs> We're starting. Come. <laughs> we start the second weekend of May, and we right now we've got three dates in May and three in June. Okay. And then depending on the demand, we can always add more if needed. So, but I definitely see the season rolling through October at the very least. And uh, right now they go for about an hour, and we start in Sycamore Square. We walk around Fairhaven, around the most popular blocks right there, and learn some of the most famous haunting stories from the area and I talk about some of my ghost hunting stories and about essentially what I've said here just kind of how we see ghosts and perceive them and if you want to search from yourself the so. ghost 101 I love Absolutely. this ghost 101 but from oh my gosh a little walking tour so, man, a little bit, a little bit with Chuck and then I playing mean. around in Sycamore Square. And then we're going to go up to the fourth floor of Sycamore Square to wrap up. And then I'll let you run around with EVP meters for a few minutes. And nice. Just see if you see anything. Yeah. But you'll have a whole new perspective yeah. on, the, Hopefully. on the thing. I love that. We're enlightening Bellingham to a better ghost culture. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> right? Don't you think? Ghost culture needs a little bit of a revamp. Yes, Chuck, I support this. This okay. is this is you. This is all you. Let's do it. <laughs> so, where can people find you? Tell us. If you go to BellinghamGhostTours.com, it's very easy to sign up for tickets. We will also be linking to that on our webpage, so you can come to BellingHistory.com and yeah, on our, in our show notes, <laughs> show notes, in our follow-up emails. You guys need to meet Chuck. We just can't say enough about him. We're so excited you're back in the game. I'm only here because of you, so thank you guys very much. Yeah. Bellingham needs more Chuck. We've got to spread him around. We can't keep him to ourselves. We'll say it here on the podcast, yes. but I think the Good Time Girls we're gonna do a little, a little personal mission with Chuck, and maybe make yeah. that a little podcast. So stay tuned. Yes, what we may that. have Chuck as a repeat guest here, <laughs> and we may oh, have yeah. to do a ghost hunt and friend of the pod, yes. Chuck. Lovely. Lovely. Oh man, <laughs> the best, the best. Happy to be here. Aww. Hey, thank you, Chuck. Thanks, yeah, Chuck. Thank you for having me. Oh, gosh, just the best. All right, well, thank you, Bellinghamsters and beyond. That wraps up this episode. We'd like to thank you all for listening to Belling History with the Good Time Girls. Well, hey there, mama, where'd you go? You gotta be just what you sow. That's too bad, too bad. subscribe review our podcast on your favorite podcast platforms like us on all the social medias support us on patreon check out our tours and events and read our show notes and blog all of that at bellinghistory.com
like to thank Devin Champlin and the late great Lucas Hicks for the use of the Gallus Brothers song, Too Bad West Coast Blues. You can find the Gallus Brothers tunes on Bandcamp, and you can find Devin Champlin down at Champlin Guitars in Bellingham. Lost my hat, lost my brim, looking like a coast that's swinging from a limb that's too bad, too bad. Well, I got no bugging, I got no smokes, I look like Grandpap and all of his folks, that's too bad. time for more belling history with the good time girls whoop whoop lovely thanks chuck oh, oh thank God. you the people they will be so happy <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs>